Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Buddy is in Texas. Buddy says he had a neighbor who was part of the insurrection. Is that right, Buddy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm from Texas there, and he got busted about three months ago. The FBI arrested him, and they're trying to give him 80 years for wow. his part in the insurrection. Eight zero. <laughs> yeah. What did he do? What did he do? Only thing we know is that he, uh, according to his mom, they say he lit a firecracker and and threw it at the police. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And can you imagine? It, can yeah. you imagine what that could have done? What that could have said all? If uh-huh. if, if the if a police officer it thought it was a gun, mm-hmm. and they start yeah. shooting back, and let me tell you, that has happened. You know, I'm old enough to remember Kent State. Mm-hmm. I'm old enough to remember Kent State firecrackers, and then all of a sudden National Guard sh- starts shooting. I'm old mm-hmm. enough to, you know, I've been around long enough. I, and I, when I say old enough, I was a child. But, it, you know, but the reality is when you've lived, you know, and you've participated and you've and you have been part of of of, of trying to do the right thing and 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 advocate and, and, and have lived a life of advocacy, you see a lot. Wow. Uh-huh. So they're trying to give this man, your neighbor, 80 and I take it he's a Trump supporter. Yeah. Yes, 80 years. Now, can you imagine the dude that had his feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk? How much time they go on for him? Well, you know, yeah, the and attitude. And, and, um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, interesting. Wow. Let me yeah. take uh, KP, KP from Georgia. Go ahead, KP. Good, good morning, bus driver. Good morning, KP. I want to go all the way back to uh, the young man, Kenny, real quick, and then talk okay. about uh, another gentleman real quick and what they said. I don't think that Kenny or many of us Kennys out here understand this entire system of white supremacy that we're dealing with. And so in his understanding of there not being uh, shootings, basically, when these people were arrested, he's not understanding that this system is set up so those people never get shot. Those people are constantly taken into custody without incident because a lot of those people are the people who have mm-hmm. been taking people into custody. So these people are protected over and over and over. And so when we start to look at these sentences that, sentences that these people start to get, we need to pay close attention to how these judges give these sentences and what they say is for the reasons why they give mm-hmm. these light sentences. I doubt that anybody gets anywhere close to 80 years. Most of these people, including the who just pled guilty got probation. Okay, right. they aren't serving time. And about the white gentleman that was just on the phone calling himself a Trump supporter, brother, I appreciate the way that you argue. I, I promise you, I do. It was set up a way. I, I work with these people every day and talk to them every day. These people will not say anything wrong about Donald Trump. I'm sure that you know that. I'm just putting it out here for the audience. You can keep on having these conversations with these people. It is like a cult-like following. Mm-hmm. Now, saying that, an independent voter who generally always votes Democrat, I'll put that out there, but we, too, are starting to have somewhat of a cult-like following, and I 
not holding the pressure to this current presidency uh, to account to what we're doing. It's just not happening here in the United States. But what we're doing is far, we are also supporting a high level of white supremacy that is being predicated on uh, black and brown people all the way around the world. So I think we should be aware of that. Yes. Yeah. No, you're absolutely you're it, it you're absolutely correct. Some of it is overt, uh, and and in other words, in your face. And some of it is what's the opposite of overt? It's uh, covert. Covert. You know. It. It. it you know. It's. It, let, let me give you. You know. Since you brought this up, I, and I was going to share this. There's an HBO. There's an incident uh, with uh, Brian Gumble. Uh, that does this show. I haven't seen it recently. Uh, forgive me, Brian, but there's a panel and they discuss sports and and political issues and societal issues. And I guess one of the panelists named Goldberg he 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 decided I don't want to be I don't want to be part of it anymore because Brian Gumble said racism is everywhere. Now, you, and so he gets, now this, this guy gets on his, this Goldberg gets on his high horse and begins to lecture, well, racism didn't, what about, there was no racism with the abolitionists. Yes, there was. You, you know, yes, there was. You know, he goes down the list, down the list. That, well, what about this? What about that? And I'm thinking, excuse me, have you read the autobiography of Frederick Douglass? How the, how the abolitionist didn't want Frederick... Just to give you an example, I just pulled that out. To give you an example, they didn't want Frederick Douglass to speak on, on, about slavery. Now, not one of those abolitionists lived as a slave. Frederick Douglass lived as a slave, escaped. You know, Bernie Goldberg is his name. And now I'm just giving you a little history lesson. Now, excuse me. Why didn't they want Frederick Douglass to speak? Because he spoke so well that they said the audience he spoke to wouldn't believe he was a slave. Now, now once again, Brian Gumbel was probably speaking figuratively. You know, racism is everywhere. That's a figurative statement. That's not literal. But the reality is, it, it, it can, it, it, I tell you what, it, it, there, it's a foundation to many things that are wrong on the planet. And that's why I brought this up with the caller. It's a foundation. Our attitude towards Africa can, is, uh, is, is, uh, is often based on racism, you know, internationally. And I'll give you an example. Let me suggest something. You folks need to go back and get, what's her name? Um, Dr. Welsing's. Francis Cress Welsing's definition of racism. Now, I, I don't want to get into, I, please, I don't have time to, you know, that would take another four hours. I'm not going to do that. Just do your homework and and listen. Read her definition of it. It's global. 
It's pol- and that's what Brian Gumbel was referring to. It's social, it's religious, it's history, it's global, it's local. It's, it, it. And then Bernie Goldberg decides, I'm going to walk off. I'm not, I don't want to have anything to, he quit. Oh, it's HBO's Real Sports. I don't want to be on a show where the host thinks racism is everywhere. It's a figurative statement. And then Bernie Goldberg, let me tell you something. You better study your history. Because when you threw up the example of the abolitionists not being racist, oh, yes, they were. Oh, yes, they were. And that's just one example. That's just one example of that he threw up. And then he said, well, not in my, uh, not in my household. Well, that may very well be the case. It, that very well may be uh, the uh, case. But I wonder how much cultural conditioning exists in your household. What do I mean by cultural conditioning? In America, we are culturally conditioned to believe that white is superior and black is inferior. And the manifestation of that cultural conditioning is that black people are undervalued, underestimated, <clears throat> and marginalized. Now, having said that, before I go to a break, Bernie Goldberg has an issue with Brian Gumbel. I can guarantee you. This, this isn't about what Brian Gumbel said. I bet you there's something there that's a lot deeper than what Brian said. I bet you. I bet you. I had the same thing happen to me. I did a show, uh, and, and, and Sam, you remember, it's called Reporter's Notebook. Local came on at 6 o'clock in the morning. It was a local public service show, 6 o'clock in the morning. And uh, what was his name? Doug McAlway? Doug McAlway? Yeah, you remember him? And we were talking about, I don't know, some issue, gun control or something, and... He just decided to, I don't want to be on the same stage with you and da 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 And he walked off the stage. Now, to be honest, I always liked Doug. He was a cool, nitty dresser. Never had really more than a, a you know, conversation. Never really had a conversation off the, the stage, I mean, off the, the, the uh, show with him. And I can't even remember what it was about. But let me tell you something. He ended up over at Fox. He ended over at Fox. Because somewhere I hit a nerve with him. And quite honestly, I went and I went to the general manager. I said, look, I'm not going to sit here and be treated like this. Nobody said anything that was wrong. He just didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear it. And he and and so they they didn't even have they had to stop the taping of the show, and I went to and I told the general manager he's going to apologize to me. And he had to call up and apologize. I don't think the apology was sincere, but he had to apologize. You know what happened? They eventually they didn't renew his contract because they apparently he had had several of these kinds of. But you know there was this uh, hidden resentment take a break 40 oh i remember that well and said no 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 you're not gonna 
sit up here and and I bet you that Bernie Goldberg, I bet you that's uh, you know, because I I understood what Brian Gumble said. I knew what he was saying. I knew what he was saying. Goldberg said it in an interview with Bill O'Reilly. There you go. See, birds of a fe- see that that's what it is. And and I guarantee you, there's that there's a there's a tinge of resentment, and maybe a little jealousy, and a little envy. We'll continue your comments. Matter of fact, here with Madison on Sirius XM. Ken Starr, you're one of the ahead. best people I've ever represented who was in lockup. <laughs> <laughs> And Ken Starr, and you know what's so funny is um, if there's ever two people that are opposites politically and, and that, but we have we have some commonality, uh, especially when it came to um, slavery in Sudan. Ken Starr never represented anybody in lockup. <laughs> that that's that's the inside joke. That's the inside joke. Yeah, he he never he. Can, can, this is a true story. No. So we're we're we, it, it, this true story. So we're being um, not booked. Uh, they, we're getting ready to go up to the, the what courtroom we're going to be assigned. So we're down in the lower level of the uh, of the uh, courthouse, and I'm sitting next to Ken Starr and Johnny Cochran is you know over there doing his thing. And Ken Starr said, Joe, what are all these black people doing down here? And Johnny Cochran said to Ken, that's the way it is, man. Ken Starr was a constitutional lawyer. So he argued in in federal court, not criminal court. And he was sincere. I mean, he was like, I've never seen this. I have never seen this. And he was very sincere. And it was a, an eye-opener for him. I just thought I'd share that. Anyway, where am I? Who is this about? I mentioned Frederick Douglass, and somebody jumped on the line. Ben from Florida, first-time caller. Go ahead. Hey, Joe, just wanted to touch base. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Uh, I just I have a different perspective. I love your perspective. I love li- listening to it. But to be honest, it's nothing new because I grew up in, in West Savannah, a poor white boy bust into black schools. I went to three different schools, and we stayed at the same house. We never moved. But, you know, I was a token white boy, shipped around, bus from school to school. It was difficult for me growing up. I love black people. I get along very well. As a matter of fact, the way I see the world today. I thought you wanted to talk about Fred. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ben from Florida. First, wait, wait a minute, Ben. Damn, man. Let me do my show. Yes, sir. Okay. I thought you wanted to talk about Frederick Douglass. I did. I apologize, Joe. I got off on a tangent. I think about well, that all go the time. Back, go back to Frederick Douglass. That's why I pulled you up ahead of everybody. Go ahead. I appreciate it. Frederick Douglass espoused principles and concepts that were drafted by the founders of the Constitution. When he fought for the abolition of slaves, he knew that he could fight for it through the institution that was already set up by our founders. You know, yes. liberty, all men are created equal under God. Yes, I, I, so look, I you, wanted... it, wait a minute, it, 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 excuse me. Yes, what was, what was my point? 
My point was, when, when Goldberg suggested that racism didn't exist right. among the abolitionists, he was not accurate. Okay, well, I'm not arguing your point, Joe. What I would say is I just find it ironic, perhaps, that you say that there was a segment of the abolitionists that were racist toward Frederick Douglass, and they, they tried were. to silence him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse just- me. Look, brother, with all due respect, now qu- quit it. You, you talk, you talk, you, you, I just, I can, I know what I'm talking about. Let me ask you, have, did you, have you read the autobiography of Frederick Douglass? Absolutely. I don't believe you. Look, you know yeah, why? Of course you don't. No, no, white, no, no, no. See, you. Yeah, I'm just a then, dumb wait, wait a minute. Then it, well, hold on a second. I'll tell you why I don't believe. Because if you read it, you could not have come to that conclusion because in that autobiography, he talks about the racism that he experienced with the abolitionists. That's why I know what I'm talking about. I've read it three times and started reading it, quite honestly, when I was in the seventh grade. Now, let me tell you something. Don't play with me because I came to that conclusion based on Frederick Douglass's own writings. And if you read that book, you have to then admit that's what he wrote. Nobody wrote that book for him. You're part of the Democratic Party. Oh, okay, goodbye. No, no, stop, stop, stop. You see what he just did? I just got through saying that Frederick Douglass's autobiography, the narrative of Frederick Douglass, he talks about the racism he experienced among the abolitionists in that book. If you read that book, then you know that that's what Frederick Douglass wrote about. Now, that's a fact. And then you come back with the Democratic Party. Goodbye. You know what clued me in, Joe, yeah. to something was up with Ben is when he said, well, you know, I just love all black people. And it. I thought about Donald Trump saying, look at my African-American over there. And, you know, where he's trying to cover up something. He's trying to, you know, sneak his way in. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.